0: There it was, that song that started so many performances of the fabulous Palm Springs Follies also leads us to this week's episode of I Worked at the Fabulous Palm Springs Follies. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I've got something kind of special that I want to share with you. I was going through some old photos, and I have, quite frankly, a ton of photos because my the lady who became my wife at the Palm Springs Follies, we met at the Follies, we'll get into that story at another point. She was the head of the lighting department for many years. She took quite a few photos over the years as they were trying to refine the lighting, Mr. Markowitz always wanted to see what things looked like. She took a ton of photos. Well, except for this week's photo is one that she didn't take, and I'm really not sure where it came from. I don't know. I know that there was a time that I took a few photos, just personal photos, and this may be one of those. And what I'm looking at is a photo of the guy who was the main moving light operator and designer at the Follies for many, many years, and that's Dave Hall. Or as he was known in many other circles in the entertainment industry that he worked in for a long time and still works in, Too Tall. Dave is a wonderful man, and he was an amazing fellow to work with at the Palm Springs Follies. And I'm looking at a photo of a moment in time in that lighting booth. And there's some amazing things that I see in this booth that bring back, quite frankly, a lot of memories. The first thing that strikes you right off the bat is Dave. Now Dave is a tall fellow. I'm 6'2", and he's taller than I am. So that's exactly why they called him too tall, I suppose. I look at the photo of Dave, and what I see right away is a guy that is focused on the stage. Now he might've posed for this photo, That doesn't matter, because this is the Dave you would have seen if you would have walked into the lighting booth while he was working. One of the things that I can remember about Dave first meeting him right off the bat is he was not a sit-around kind of boss, and for many years he was the lighting boss at the Follies. He came in in the mornings, he took maybe five minutes to decompress in the morning. You come into work, you don't want to get hit with a lot of things right off the bat. So he'd take that five minutes and just kind of relax, see what was going on for the day. He wasn't an email kind of guy. He relied on Paul or Franklin, who at the time was a stage manager, uh, to deliver whatever notes or emails that he had to have. Dave would then usually have a list of notes from the previous day's performances. Those notes came from several different places. The first place on that list those notes came from was, of course, Mr. Markowitz. The next place those notes would come from would be Dave himself, followed by someone like Franklin. At the Follies, you never stopped designing. Whether you were the costume designer, whether you were the music designer, Johnny Harris, whether you were Riff Markowitz, whether you were the advertising and marketing team led by Miss Jardine, you never stopped designing. Whatever your job was at the Follies, you were always moving forward. Your feet were always moving and by that I mean you were not sedentary at the Follies, especially if you were somebody that was in charge of something. And even if you weren't somebody that was in charge of something, you were expected to come up with new ideas and bring those ideas to the people that were in charge something that may have been able to work at the Follies, and sometimes it wasn't something that worked at the Follies. Dave is a very focused and amazing lighting designer, technician, operator. There were many times I can recall Dave, he'd come in that morning, sit down, find out what was on the list, look at his list, and immediately he would be out of the booth, down that ladder into the house. And when I started there, we had a couple of really sketchy ladders that we used for climbing up and fixing lights or things that were high up in the air. One of those ladders was a typical A-frame ladder, although it was very tall. I don't know how tall it was, but it was very tall, and it was made of wood. It was a typical A-frame, and then it had another ladder attached inside of it. It's very hard to picture, I'm sure. You can probably Google this and find this. That once you got to the top of the A-frame, you then pulled up this other ladder, and it, that ladder went straight up. And that ladder could get very high. You would then climb that ladder. Once you reached the top of it, you straddled it. It was wooden. Did I say that? I said that. It was wooden. It was scary. And when I first joined the Follies, for that first couple of months I was there, before I got kind of ensconced into the audio department with Keith, there were times that I climbed that ladder. And I hated that ladder. At first, I wasn't necessarily scared of it. I did it because that was the job. And I wasn't scared of it. And as time went on, I got frightened of it. And the other ladder that we had was a, was that extension ladder that we used to go up into the booth from the house was a, a aluminum extension ladder. And that ladder we would use out in the house as well because there was a bar of moving lights. They were intelligent lights. And these lights were old school at the time. Well, they were new school, but now they're old school. They had a mirror on them that moved, and they were called I beams or Intelli beams, I believe is the word, the full phrase. And you had this section out in the house that you would have to go to that had a, a pipe that had several of these lights on it, maybe four or six of those lights, plus the projector that we used during the show for pre show and during the show. I can recall so many mornings, and I don't know how many years we used those lights. I can recall so many mornings, Dave, climbing that ladder because these lights, they had to know where their home area was. So if you told that light by the computer to go five feet to the right, it would go five feet to the right, but it might not be the five feet to the right that you wanted. So it had to know where its X was, its home spot. These lights didn't always stay in that home spot because of how rickety the (laughs) trussing system was that came down out of the attic because there wasn't a lot of things that you could tie to in the attic. It's not that they were unsafe and they were going to fall on anybody by the word rickety. I just mean rickety in that they were not solid. They they move. They would sway, especially as the lights moved. And Dave or Paul or myself or Dan Kemper or Patrick or any one of another of other people each day might have to go up there and move those. Luckily, I didn't have to do that very often. I got out of it by being an audio guy. Invariably, every morning, Dave would be right up there making those moves himself. I can recall many days where he would go down with his notepad and his pen and walk around the stage looking up at the lights, making notes of things that he wanted to change or that Mr. Markowitz wanted to change or that a performer saw that maybe wasn't correct or that that needed to help them out. You know, especially when you had a juggling act for instance, the lighting had to be just So, because when they looked up in the air, they couldn't look up into a light. They had to be able to look up and see whatever they were juggling. Or in our later years, we had a a lady that uh, climbed a ladder, did some acrobatics and things up there. Morgana, I think, was her name. Is that right? Morgana? Someone will correct me in the Facebook group on that, I'm sure. One of the other things I see as soon as I look at this picture that sticks out as much as Dave sitting there is that notepad and pen sitting right next to him. Those two things go hand in hand, Dave and a notepad. They work together. The next thing that's really stark and sticks out in this picture is the phone. It's a white, old-school, push-button desk phone. And that's the phone that every performance Mr. Markowitz would call into during the performance to give notes to Dave. And it wasn't just Dave that he did this to. He did it to us and the audio team. I did it to. Uh, he called us or possibly the stage crew backstage. Mr. Markowitz was hands-on in every little bit of that show. And quite often, even though he took uh, audio notes on his little recorder that he carried with him everywhere, sometimes he wanted things done right then. And he made that phone call and it would come in and that phone just sticks out off the bat and it 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 almost i don't say it gives you shivers it's just a a thing that for somebody that was in that position just boom hits you right there the next item a pair of binoculars now i have no idea any longer i can't recall how far back and up the lighting booth was from the stage it was far enough back though that in certain instances you needed binoculars And you would use those binoculars to fine-tune where Dave needed to point lights. We had a pair of binoculars in the audio department once we moved to the back of the house because we always kept tabs on how microphones were sitting on a performer's face. Franklin and later other stage managers used the binoculars to check curtain pulls and things like that. Sometimes you'd see a cable suddenly hang out, and you were trying to figure out where that cable was going or what it was doing there. Now the next part of this is the thing that the Palm Springs Follies and everybody that worked there for many years did better than any other entertainment production in the world has ever done. On Dave's desk are two two trackballs, and those are reversible mice. So your typical computer mouse has a ball on the bottom. These have the ball on the top, and there's two of those because one was a backup. There's always backups here. Dave used those trackballs to move the moving lights. That was doing something, they were designed to be used to move the moving lights, but they were designed that you would use the trackball to move the light where you wanted to go, and then you would write a cue that then would automatically do it for you. Once again, at the Follies, we decided, you know what? Let's use this piece of gear Differently than anyone else in the world and how it shouldn't be used. And Dave used those trackballs as he would if he were operating a spotlight manually. Where you hold on to the spotlight and you follow a performer around stage. Dave used these trackballs to move those moving lights around. Dave used these trackballs to move those moving lights around just like he would if he was a spotlight operator. Something that nobody else in the country was doing. We used to talk to people from other shows or other tours and they would be amazed that we were doing this, I say we, I mean the collective group of Follies, but more than anything, I mean Dave Hall. This was something we were proud of. It was something that, again, we took and made our own at the Follies. And it's one of those things that we build upon, that make the, uh, the building blocks of the Follies so special, that made the, the Follies head and shoulders above everyone else, and was another one of those building blocks that made the Follies sold out selling tickets, kept those buses running. No matter what department they were in, we were all part of the building structure of the Follett. Of course, one of the other things we see on Dave's desk is a television, because we did record to videotape all of the shows. And sadly, like many big-name television shows in the early days, they recorded over tapes, so you lost episodes. Well... We did the same thing at the Follies. After a certain time, we started recording over VHS tapes that we'd already recorded to. Yet we use those tapes so people like Dave can refine his art, can make his painting better, can make his painting different, can improve upon everything he did. And now that I'm looking at this picture a little further, this is a little later in our time at the Follies because Dave has his hair uh relatively short here i think it's probably collar length first arrived at Follies. dave had hair that might have gone all the way down to his waist just looking at this picture i could stare at it for a couple of hours because i'm, I'm i am even though it's the picture is very dark and i'm going to use it as the cover for this week's episode so maybe you can see it as well there's just so many little things here that i see that i can almost smell the booth And it's not that it smelled bad, but you know, you had a certain, the building had a certain air about it, a smell and a feel. And if I was in a, if I turned the lights out in this room right now and looked at this photo, I might feel like I'm actually in that booth with Dave. I can hear Dave's voice. I can hear the voices on the other side of Dave, Franklin, or uh, Paul. And I don't want to ever lose those memories. And It's a great snapshot of a moment in time. And I'm happy that I have this. And I'm happy that I got to talk to you a little bit about my friend, Dave Hall. And we talked about Dave in an earlier episode and uh, steering wheel incident and how he helped us uh, get back and forth to work. I just wanted to tell you more about Dave since I uh, came across this photo in my library. And now that I look at it, and I know I'm still in contact with Dave, he's in Colorado, I think I'm going to print myself a copy of this photo. Actually, two copies. I'm going to send one to Dave to keep. I'm going to send one to Dave to get his autograph. My friend, Dave Hall, and the things he's surrounded with bring back so many memories of the fabulous Palm Springs Follies. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this episode. So tune in next time to I Worked, the fabulous Palm Springs Follies.